Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Every day, thousands of kids float through Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean ride, singing along to that emblematic tune, Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. But wait a minute. Pirates are immoral, bloodthirsty murderers. So why are we so obsessed with them? Perhaps it's because we all secretly yearn to find their buried treasure. Well, the most famous lost pirate treasure belongs to the world's most notorious pirate, the one and only Blackbeard. He was born Edward Teach and later became a successful privateer commissioned by the British Crown to protect their interests in the Caribbean. Blackbeard's menacing appearance inspired countless authors and later made him Hollywood's favorite pirate. But it is his legendary lost fortune that has captivated explorers for hundreds of years. Blackbeard boasted that only he and the devil himself knew where the treasure was buried. Now, after three centuries, there are groundbreaking new developments in the hunt. Off the coast of North Carolina, an archaeological team has discovered Blackbeard's flagship, and they are meticulously bringing it to the surface. Simultaneously, in the Outer Banks and in the Cayman Islands, treasure hunters believe that new information is drawing them closer to Blackbeard's buried loot. And one historian believes that he has solved the mystery once and for all. So join me as I hit the high seas in search of the most sought-after pirate treasure in history. My name is Josh Gates. With a degree in archaeology and a passion for exploration, my travels have taken me to the ends of the earth as I investigate the greatest legends in history. This is Expedition Unknown. The hunt begins here in Hampton, Virginia, located 700 miles north of the Caribbean. This isn't exactly the first place that comes to mind when you think of Buccaneers. But this weekend, it is the annual Hampton Blackbeard Festival. The festival is more than just a cosplay free-for-all. 
history is shared, authentic weapons are fired, and pirate traditions and craftsmanship are brought back to life. Obligatory Jack Sparrow sighting in three, two, one. Hi. Hi, how you doing, mate? Pretty good. I'd like to apologize for being a scallywag to everybody here. What does scallywag even mean? If you want to find a pirate treasure, you've got to think like a pirate, and whenever possible, look like one. Time for a little wardrobe change. Can you see? Yes. I feel like I'm about to ratify a declaration of some sort. Oh, hell yeah. That's it. This is the one, I think. I'm not worried about that thinning hair anymore. I am back, baby. Not to worry, folks. All the pirate wigs are 100% human horror. When it comes to Blackbeard, 300 years makes it difficult to separate fact from fiction. So I'm meeting with John Collimore. Don't let the hat and the outfit fool you. He's been studying the history of piracy for decades. When does Blackbeard first appear on the scene? Blackbeard first appears as a privateer in the Caribbean during the Queen Anne's War in 1715, 1716. He's sort of a legal pirate. He, he's a pirate with papers, absolutely. The man who would become Blackbeard was born Edward Teach. In the 18th century, Teach and others like him worked for the English crown to suppress enemy forces in the Caribbean. But by 1714, privateering was outlawed. Young sailors like Edward Teach had a violent set of skills and were suddenly thrown out of work. So Teach went AWOL and became a pirate, the scourge of shipping lanes across the Atlantic. Why does he have this reputation as being such a terrifying guy? He's tall, he's over six feet. He's broad-shouldered, he has a commanding presence, and he was a showman. Blackbeard's success was due in part to his terrifying persona, he dressed in all black. Before combat, he was said to tie smoldering cannon fuses to his beard, which made smoke encircle his head. He also carried a dozen pistols in a bandolier slung over his shoulders. This is a guy whose flag was a devil stabbing a human heart, so intimidation was clearly the name of the game, and Blackbeard was a master. Most of his victims surrendered without him firing a single shot. A lot has been said about Blackbeard's treasure. Yes. If I'm looking for that treasure, where do you think a good place would be to look? Cayman Brack uh, would be a, a very likely place if you pay attention to the legends and the folklore. Rumor has it that he was sighted by the locals taking uh, boats ashore and uh, possibly burying treasure. Cayman Brack. Cayman Brack. This corner of the Caribbean is considered a major target for the treasure, so I'm setting off to investigate by meeting two different treasure hunters there. I'm flying 1,250 miles to the southeast to the crystalline waters of the Cayman Islands. To most of us, the Caymans are a playground for the rich, an offshore tax haven, and an all-around great place to park a yacht. But that's Grand Cayman. Just to the east is an island that most tourists have never heard of. Cayman Brack. This is the Caribbean of another time and place. No hard rock cafe, no five-star hotels. It's a sleepy, 12-mile-long strip of tropical wilderness that rises up 140 feet above the sea. It's the type of place that screensavers are made of. Today, there's only about 2,000 residents on the island. But if you're here looking for pirate riches, the one man to see is Tenson Scott. A lifelong treasure hunter and bracker, he may have come within inches of finding a pirate fortune. Hello there. Are you Tenson? Scott, yes, you're right. So I've heard a story that Blackbeard may have come to this island. Do you think that pirates came to this island? Oh, yeah, they came. Blackbeard's name was mentioned amongst older folks. We know they came here. Rumor has it that while Blackbeard was raiding ships in the Caribbean, 
He and other pirates used Cayman Brac as a place to deposit treasure. Even back then, the Caymans were a good place for banking. And Tenson Scott is famous for almost finding some of that pirate loot. I heard a story that you came close to finding some sort of treasure. As a 14-year-old boy, I went fishing on the south side of the island. It's a place called Slaughterhouse. Sounds lovely. And I started digging, and I found it easy to dig. That means because it was dig before. And I hit something hard. And I thought it was the foundation of the beach. So what did you do? We came home. You gave up. And then what happened? Well, two guys from here. They went to Florida, and they bought one of your metal detectors. Uh-huh. Went to the spot. They put the machine in the hole, and it went crazy. <laughs> and they said, oh, God, something... And then they found the edge of the stone. And what was underneath the stone? <laughs> the treasure, big one, in a chest. It had so much coins and silver of all description. The coins appeared to be from after Blackbeard's time, and the men who found it disappeared with the hall, leaving Tenson with nothing. He spent years scouring the island. He believes that Blackbeard's treasure is here, and he thinks he knows where. So if I'm going to look for the treasure, where should I look? You gotta check out the caves. Caves, okay. While Tenson's treasure hunting days may be behind him, his nephew Logan is continuing the search. The question is, do you know where it is? I don't know exactly where it is, but yeah. I know it's somewhere around here. You want to show me where you're looking? Yeah, sure. Let's and do I it. Come on. Tenson, we'll be back soon with a big treasure chest. Woo! Yeah, that would be great, man. Really great. Logan is bringing me to Ironshore, a remote beach where Blackbeard may have dropped anchor. Wow. That is a view. Yeah. That is awesome. What is this bluff? The bluff is actually a risen reef. Oh, it's like a coral reef that's been pushed up. Yeah. So really porous, lots of holes. Yeah. To reach the cave, we have to cross 1,200 yards of jagged, razor-sharp coral. The slightest misstep here can get you swallowed by the waves. Look out! Look out! Logan has systematically explored over 100 caves on the island. Today, he's leading me to a remote cavern he hasn't yet searched, a place accessible only at low tide. That looks like a pirate cave. We have only a short time to search the cave before the rising tide will cut us off from the beach. Oh, this is wild. This is pretty piratey, dude. If I was a pirate, this is where I would hide some treasure. Oh yeah, me too. What we're looking for here for is some soft sand or some sort of marker or something. A marker or some soft sand, okay. Well, I wish the humidity was a little bit higher in this cave. It's not quite at 100%. A little sweaty. Okay, Josh, here's what we're looking for. Then I'm gonna start digging here. Okay, I'm right behind you. With the tide outside rising, we waste no time and dig in. I'll tell you what, treasure hunting is not easy work. No, it's not. Just imagine what they went through to try and hide it. Yeah, they would have been just as sweaty as we are. <laughs> yeah. I got a skull here, look at this. Tiny skull, part of an animal skull, maybe a bird. This could be the grave of Blackbeard's parrot. <laughs> what is that? Something hard. Oh, what's that? You see that? What is it? Oh, I just saw something flash. Hey, give me the light. There, you see that? Yeah, I see it. That's a coin, man. That is a coin. Yeah. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm on the coast of the idyllic Caribbean island of Cayman Brac. A local treasure hunter and I have ventured into a remote cave where, legend has it, the infamous pirate Blackbeard may have hidden a massive fortune. Oh, what's that? You see that? What is it? Oh, I just saw something flash. Give me the light. There. You see that? Yeah, I see it. That's a coin, man. Oh, man. That is a coin. Let's see if we can clean it off. That looks like silver, dude. Don't see a date? No, I don't see a date. I can make out a little writing, but not much. Though heavily faded, the coin appears to be dated from the year 1800, 82 years after Blackbeard's death. So I dig in, Josh. Let's go. If we get anything else that glints any more metal. Logan and I continue to excavate the pit. We find other small bones, but no other treasure. With the tide nearly high, we leave the cave and quickly hike back across the rocks before we end up trapped here. As for Logan and his uncle, they vow to continue searching the many caves on the island, convinced that the jackpot is just around the next corner. On the other side of the island is a man who believes that everyone is looking for Blackbeard's treasure in the wrong place. Are you Darwin? I am he. Meet Darwin Ebanks, a.k.a. Black Terrence. I hope you don't take this as an insult, mm -hmm. but you look a little bit like a pirate. Yeah, I am. I am Captain Black Terrence, captain of the Bloody Bay Buccaneers. What are the Bloody Bay Buccaneers? Well, the Bloody Bay Buccaneers is my crew. It's my Buccaneers crew. And do you guys actually steal stuff? Ah, oh, well... <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that. Right, a pirate, a pirate never tells. I'm here because there's a legend about Blackbeard in this island. Yes. So the big question is, where's the treasure? I think I know a place where people have not looked. In the ocean? Yes, right out there in the Caribbean Sea. Follow me. Darwin's explorations have confirmed 
that many of the limestone caves that crisscross Cayman Brack lead to flooded passages that connect to the sea. He believes the contents of these caves, and perhaps hidden treasure, may have been flushed out into the Caribbean. I'm going to put Darwin's theory to the test, so I'm joining him in his search for Blackbeard's treasure in the waters surrounding the island. After a short trip to our first location, it's time for us to gear up and dive in. The nice thing about treasure hunting in the Cayman Islands is this. Some of the best diving on Earth. But even in these clear waters, there are secrets. Approaching a crevice of some sort. Whoa, looks like a sea cave. Headed in. Something is jammed in the sides of the cave here. Looks like a massive anchor. This is old. Some ship must have gotten cut off on these rocks many years ago. Beyond the anchor, I enter a world of shadow. The passage narrows and we sift the bottom to explore every nook and cranny we can find. Lots of small spaces here where something could be jammed. Tight corners in here. Have to be careful. Soon, though, the dark cave gives way to ethereal light. This is the Cayman Abyss, a sheer drop that plummets down to more than 20,000 feet. Diving here is like floating in outer space. I swim back toward the shallow caves to continue our underwater treasure hunt. These subsea canyons are spectacular, and soon they give way to a massive surprise. Look at this! This hulking 330-foot leviathan dates back to the Cold War. Absolutely massive. Once part of the Soviet Union's Atlantic fleet in Cuba, it was scuttled in 1996. There's an opening. I'm headed inside now. The vessel rests in an eerie state of preservation. I pass cautiously through her dim hallways and survey her long-silenced guns. It's ironic to see a modern ship of war in such a peaceful setting. This is stunning. She's like a 20th century pirate ship. Darwin and I leave the wreck behind and continue to explore the many flooded passages beneath Cayman Brack. But by afternoon, with our air running low, we have to call it a day. The wreck was incredible. Very, very nice. Very nice. Well, no sign of the treasure. Nothing at all. Nothing. And what's it going to take to find it? A lot more diving, I admit. Yeah. Treasure hunting's not easy, you know. I mean, I should probably stay here on this island and continue to look for the treasure. Maybe buy a house. While there's no doubt that Cayman Brack was once a haven for pirates, there is no solid evidence that Blackbeard's treasure is here. Just legends fueled by the promise of riches. So I'm going to keep following his trail in search of hard facts. From Cayman Brack, I'm jetting back to the east coast of the United States and touching down in North Carolina. Here in the south, you're nothing without a truck. So I've picked up a hunk of American steel worthy of a pirate. What do you think of my sweet ride? This is a 1975 Ford F-100 Ranger Super Cab in fire engine red with rust accents. Such features as steering wheel, and gas pedal. 
My ride may be cool, but it's no match for Blackbeard's. In late 1717, Blackbeard seized the French slaving ship La Concorde off the island of Martinique. She was refitted with an overwhelming 40 cannons, and in a nod to his life as a privateer, renamed the Queen Anne's Revenge. As for the slaves in the Concorde, history offers no record of what happened to them. Some believe that Blackbeard welcomed them as brothers-in-arms. Others, however, suggest that he had no compunction about buying and selling human beings. In either case, Blackbeard sails to the American colonies to continue raiding ships. In May of 1718, he gets bold, blockading the port of Charleston. Desperate for order, the King of England offers Blackbeard a full pardon. All Blackbeard has to do is meet with the local governor and sign a treaty. But before he can get there, his ship runs aground off the coast. If you're looking for a pirate treasure, a really good place to look is inside a pirate ship. And lucky for us, Blackbeard's flagship has already been found. In 1998, nearly 300 years after her sinking, explorers located the Queen Anne's Revenge off the coast of North Carolina. But it has taken decades to carefully haul her broken pieces to the surface. In a facility outside of Greenville, archaeologists are carefully sifting through this pirate time capsule. Hello. Hey, how are you doing today? Good, how you doing? Josh, thanks a lot for coming by, man. Are you kidding? Thanks for having me. This place is amazing. This is where everything that we bring up off of the Queen Anne's Revenge shipwreck ends up. Everything from conserving large objects like cannons to pieces of the ship's hull to almost microscopic artifacts that are recovered from the sediment as we excavate. What was your first impression of it? It was a staggeringly cool sight that it belonged to one of the most famous pirates in the world. It's really cool. It's one of the neatest sites I've ever had the privilege of working on. How many artifacts have you pulled off the wreck at this point? Over 400,000 to date. 400,000? Where are you keeping all of that? So how do you safely store nearly half a million priceless pirate artifacts? A staggering amount of Tupperware. This is like the biggest collection of leftovers I've ever seen. This is actually what my refrigerator looks like. <laughs> While I'm impressed by the sheer amount of smaller items the team has managed to salvage, I'm ready to see the big guns. So this is the main event. This is the main event. This is where all the really neat stuff is. Whoa! This warehouse is like something out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Tank after tank is filled with massive artifacts that are helping us to understand Blackbeard and his ship. This is where the bigger artifacts are stored. They're kept wet. Wow. This is one of four anchors associated with this wreck. How did you ever get this off the ocean floor? We put lift bags on it, floated it to the surface, and then used a research vessel to pick it up and get it up here to the lab. The huge anchor was necessary for such a large vessel. The Queen Anne's Revenge was over 103 feet long and weighed 300 tons. The 40 cannon on board meant that she could outgun pretty much anything else on the water. This boat was basically a floating tank. This, of course, one of the oldest items here in the lab. This is incredibly <laughs> rare. This, of course, is uh, Blackbeard's boombox. And just the state of preservation is amazing. Indeed, and when conservation is complete, we're probably going to be able to figure out what they were listening to. Yeah, probably Nickelback, I would think. Blackbeard was, a, Blackbeard was a big Nickelback fan. So a lot of incredible things that have been pulled off the wreck. Indeed. How much is left to be excavated? 
I think we've got over half of the ships still to go. The best stuff is yet to be seen, so I'd be tickled to take you down to see it. Really? Yeah, man. <laughs> are you kidding? I'm in. Let's do it. The relics in the lab are impressive, but with Blackbeard's treasure still out there, I'm eager to examine the wreck for myself. From Greenville, we head about 85 miles southeast to the coastal Carolina town of Beaufort. On the docks, we meet the support team, critical to the massive recovery effort. Wow, legit. Come on aboard, man. With our gear stowed aboard, we head out to dive the site. When the Queen Anne's Revenge ran aground, Blackbeard hastily fled to another vessel in his fleet. The question is, did his legendary treasure go down with the ship? To investigate the remains that are still on the ocean floor, we'll be diving in the tough, exposed conditions of the Atlantic coast. I take it that diving here is not exactly the, the clarity of the waters of the Caribbean? Rarely. What do you think we're looking at down there? I think if we have a foot full visibility, we're going to be lucky. That's one of the reasons that it's a difficult place to work. The weather here changes by the minute, and as we anchor up, conditions are already deteriorating. In a race against time and the elements, we strap on our gear and hit the water. Descending now. Headed down the line. Visibility is okay here by the surface, but is dropping off quick. It's getting real muddy down here. It's going to get worse as you get down. Stay on the line. Don't let go of it, because if you get off of it with the bad visibility, I'm not real sure we'd find you. Copy that. Believe me, I'm not letting go. Just a few feet below the surface, the visibility has dropped to almost nothing. I can feel the current pulling me as I struggle to hang on to a guideline that leads down to the wreck. If I lose my grip, the current will pull me blindly into the murky waters. I can barely see down here. Josh, be careful, because we can't see it all. Copy that. I'm here. I'm on the line. It's clearing up a little bit here. Whoa, look at that. That's incredible. So this is the fluke of the anchor here. Correct. This is one of the four anchors that were carried on the Queen Anne's Revenge. I realize now that there is treasure here, but it's in the form of priceless artifacts, not gold coins. Next to this, just underneath it, there's something else, yeah? Yes, those are small cannons. The ship was also packed with 40 cannons, which were there primarily for intimidation. As we explore, the visibility drops, and we go from looking around to clutching around in the haze. No sign of the treasure yet. No sign of any treasure. A lot of work still to be done. There's no indication of gold today, but I'm far from disappointed. I gotta say, these are tough conditions, but I can't think of anything cooler than being down here on an actual pirate ship. Let's head back up the line, get back to the boat. Headed to the surface now. As we reach topside, I'm impressed by the dedication Billy Ray and his team have shown in studying this incredible wreck. And with half the ship left to go, who knows what they'll find next? I'm back on the road tracing Blackbeard's movements during the final months of his life. After he wrecks his flagship, he travels somewhere very unexpected. So after Blackbeard wrecks the Queen Anne's Revenge, this is where his story continues. In June of 1718, aboard a vessel known as the Adventure, he sails here to the tiny postcard-perfect town of Bath, North Carolina. 
Rather than plotting his next attack, he receives a royal pardon. And then, the most feared pirate in history does something totally out of character. He settles down. With deep pockets, he and his crew buy up some land and go into retirement. Blackbeard even gets married. But once a pirate, always a pirate. After just a few months of playing it straight, Blackbeard is back to plundering on the high seas. The response is swift and severe. The governor of Virginia commissions Royal Navy Lieutenant Robert Maynard to bring Blackbeard in, or to simply kill him. He finds Blackbeard anchored off nearby Ocracoke Island, which is now famous for being the location of Blackbeard's last stand. It's also where a well-known treasure hunter thinks Blackbeard's loot might be buried. To meet him, I'm traveling one of America's most scenic roadways. So these are the famed Outer Banks, at more than 200 miles of narrow roads and bridges that connect a series of barrier islands off the North Carolina coast. In the summertime, big tourist destination. It's one of those places that's super remote and yet is also filled with Dairy Queen's mini golf courses and uh, nautical-themed convenience stores. The beauty of the Outer Banks is breathtaking. From the windswept dunes at Kitty Hawk, where two brothers first took to the air, to the Cape Hatteras Lighthouse, which has been standing watch over the coast for over a century. Blackbeard, he started hanging out in a remote island off the coast of North Carolina, and many people think that this may be the strongest contender for the location of his buried treasure. While you can travel most of the Outer Banks by car, you do run out of road before you get to Ocracoke Island. To reach this tiny spit of land, I need to take a ferry. Oh, I had this terrible dream that I was in a super pickup truck in the middle of the ocean. Oh wait. At last, I arrive on Ocracoke and seek shelter at, where else, Blackbeard's Lodge. I'm exhausted, but who knows? Tomorrow could be the day I strike it rich. I've arranged to meet a treasure hunter who has a hot lead on what he hopes is Blackbeard's lost fortune. Are you Ed? I'm Ed. Sweet ride. Yeah, thank you. This is the uh, the official way to get around Ocracoke. All right, man, let's go. So this is Ocracoke. Yes, sir. It's uh, it's empty. It's pretty much a, a little strip, and that's about it, and a bunch of sand. Yeah, out here on the open roads, I do see a lot of regular cars. Well, I mean, once I'm I get I'm not to, knocking your golf cart in. Well, I mean, I'm just saying, when we get to town, you'll see a lot more golf carts, right. and the people with cars, they got nowhere to park. It's true, parking does look tight out here. Yeah. And so you've been looking for the treasure now for how long? About five years. So what do you do when you're not treasure hunting? I'm a police officer in Virginia. A treasure hunting police officer. That's right. I mean, well, if you think about it, police officers trying to solve mysteries, trying to figure things out. Okay, so where are we headed? Well, we're going to Springer's Point, but to understand Springer's Point, you have to understand Blackbeard's death. Blackbeard's last stand begins shortly after Lieutenant Maynard's ship sails into the bay. Blackbeard fires his cannons, but Maynard cleverly orders his men to hide below deck, convincing Blackbeard the cannon fire has obliterated his crew. When the pirates storm the ship, Maynard's men rush out of the hold, catching Blackbeard by surprise. Within minutes, the infamous pirate is dead, shot five times, and stabbed 20. When it's all over, Maynard returns to Virginia with Blackbeard's head swinging from the bow of his ship. Blackbeard had mistakenly believed that this area was a safe place to lay low, and there are many scholars who contend that this location at Springer's Point was the true hiding place of his treasure. So has everybody just dug up Springer's Point then? No, Springer's Point has never been 
any kind of permission to hunt, go on there with any kind of metal detector, anything. But for the first time today, I got special permission to go on here and do some detecting. Really? Yes. This is actually sounding more and more promising. It's a pretty big deal. There's a good chance. One of the biggest things I've heard is you're more likely to find a pirate treasure than you are to win the lottery. That's funny. That's a great point. Well, it is easier to buy a lottery ticket. It's easier. You gotta put a little effort. Springer's point. Thanks to Ed's badge and his persistence, he's been able to get us unique access to search this extremely restricted area. Okay, lead the way. Ed, there's obviously a lot of wilderness back here. How do you know where to hone in on the treasure? Well, follow me and I'll show you. I can do that. This is it. Springer Point. So this is a map from 1733. This is a map of Ocracoke, 1733. 1733. Uh -huh. Now, as you can see, the island looks much different than it does on this map today. This is a present-day map of Ocracoke, satellite image. Got it. You can see how much the island has changed. And taking these two maps, 1733, and overlaying it on a current satellite image of the map, one thing that you can point out from this, this map of 1733 is that the well marked on this map falls on Springer Point, where the current well is. So you think they're one and the same? I do. All right, well, let's get to it. Let's do it. Ed believes that Blackbeard frequented this spot because Springer's Point had the one thing he and his crew needed, fresh water. With the well identified on the map, Ed thinks the treasure must be close by. Here it is. This is the well. How long do you think this has been here for? Obviously the wood's newer, the, the brick looks like it was laid uh, later on, but the well itself, I'd say about 1700. So what's our strategy? I think it's right around this vicinity. I say we check around the well first, and then we'll head down to the beach and scan around. Copy that. Finding this well means that we're likely in the exact spot that Blackbeard would have visited when he came ashore. Since we've only been granted a few hours to search the site, we break out the metal detectors and get to work. Almost immediately, Ed starts getting hit after hit. Ed sounds like he's finding treasure all over the place. I got nothing. Is this thing even on? Ed, you didn't give me the broken one, did you? Your thing's going off like a smoke detector. Mine's dead. I might be uh, user error. Classic pirate move. With Ed's metal detector blowing up, I move in to get a closer look at this beachcombing ninja at work. That is a beer can. I wonder if that was Blackbeard's brand. Blackbeard, a light beer drinker. I would not have, I would not have guessed that actually. It's surprising. With our sights set considerably higher than a five cent deposit, we press on and soon Ed gets a major hit. Josh, I think I got something. You got something? Yeah. What do you got? Something really big. We've panned under it on this side. That's metal. That is metal. Whatever it is, that is old. That's definitely metal. It's got wood wrapped around it. It's got some organic material around it. It looks like a spike of some kind. And there's more of it down there. Here, I'm gonna grab the shovel. Two dudes about to strike it rich. Okay, ready? Yeah. Hold on, something big right there. Oh, we're under it. I mean, if I pull a pirate chest up out of here, Ed, I am gonna my pants. There we go, there we go, we got it, we got it. And I am no uh, treasure hunting expert, but I believe that this is what is called uh, a rock. Yep, looks like a rock to me. We do have this very cool spike. Who knows, this, this could be part of Blackbeard's ship. This is true. But it's not a treasure. 
Boy, that was exciting there for a second. It, it, it is, it's always the thrill of the hunt. Yeah, and the agony of defeat. That's right. Well, you know, they say when treasure hunting, leave no stone unturned. I was just doing that literally. We'd need a dredge to get deeper in the flooded hole, and our short time at Springer's Point is up. It will take substantial time and money to completely canvas this protected area. There may be more here just waiting to be found, or it may be another in a long line of dead ends. I return to the docks and catch a ferry back to the mainland where I have one last stop. A meeting with a renowned Blackbeard scholar who believes he's cracked the code to reveal the truth behind the treasure. Well, I've looked high and low for Blackbeard's treasure. Not in the Caymans, not on the Queen Anne's Revenge, and not in Ocracoke. But I do have one last lead. There's a historian here in North Carolina who has a bold new theory about Blackbeard. In fact, he thinks he solved the mystery of Blackbeard's treasure. I've returned to Blackbeard's home of Bath to meet with noted historian and author Kevin Duffus. A lot of legends surrounding Blackbeard. There are. Maybe more than any other pirate. Well, certainly, and because he's, of course, the best-known pirate, most things that people believe about Blackbeard are entirely myths that are based on the repetition of long-held beliefs. So do you think that Blackbeard had a treasure? I do think he had a treasure, but his treasure wasn't what you think it is. To fully understand the story, you have to do more than just research pirate history. You have to research political history and economic history of the colony of North Carolina. In the 10 years before Blackbeard arrived here in the summer of 1718, North Carolina was at a great disadvantage compared to its neighboring colonies. They had been on the brink of economic devastation. There was no labor force here. In the summer of 1718, Blackbeard wrecked the Queen Anne's Revenge, 132 miles away from here, and sailed up here, and all of a sudden, there's an economic boom. And let's talk about the economic boom. What is he bringing on that sloop? Something else that turned out to be more valuable, more necessary for the economically depressed plantation society that was more valuable than gold or silver. So if his treasure wasn't money, if it wasn't gold and silver, what was it? Blackbeard's treasure were slaves. Slaves? Absolutely. The priceless commodity that Blackbeard traded wasn't gold or silver. In an era when human life was available for a price, Blackbeard appears to have been a participant in the tragic legacy of the American slave trade. How do you come to this conclusion that it's really about human cargo? There's very strong written evidence that shows that a number of men whose names appear on the records as having been with Blackbeard are buying land here in Bath for these slaves. These slaves, of course, arrived on this pirate ship not knowing where they were going, what their future held, and they were at the mercy of their pirate masters. But they come here to Bath and over time become skilled tradesmen, and they help to build America into the nation that it is today. Unfortunately, the history of those men has been eclipsed by Blackbeard's vast legend. It's this opaque legend before and even long after his death. It certainly puts Blackbeard and his legacy in a very different light. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. In the end, it's easy to see why our fascination with Blackbeard has endured for centuries. The ocean was a stage, and he was its consummate showman, with a threatening flair for the dramatic. But did he really hide loot on Cayman Brack as other pirates did? Or did he stash it off the Carolina coast before his last stand? 
dogged archaeologists and historians are reconstructing the puzzle of Blackbeard's life. And the more we learn about him, the harder it is to hum a pirate's life for me. Blackbeard famously said that only he and the devil himself knew where the treasure was. With the revelation that he may have traded in human lives, perhaps it's more accurate to say that he and the devil were one and the same. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.